The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to The Inner Frontier with Darlene Green. As we connect to the miraculous, we find that life is transformed. Our personal choices are guided by our own inner knowing, our GPS, if you will. This path will lead to your unique divine remembering. Now, here is your guide, Darlene Green. Welcome. It's with delight that I welcome you to the inner frontier. My name is Darlene Green. I am honored to be your host on this journey of conscious awareness. If you are new to your journey or a seasoned traveler on the path of awareness, You will find thoughts and conversations at the inner frontier that will support you in your next step of a beautiful, naturally unfolding process. Through these conversations, it is my intention to present a perspective that will bring a new level of awareness to your day and support you in accessing the greatest part of you. The title of today's program is The Conscious Paradigm for Marketing, and we are so fortunate to have as our guest today, Lynn Serafin. Lynn Serafin is a certified, award-winning coach, teacher, marketing strategist, social media expert, speaker, and author of the number one bestseller, The Seven Graces of Marketing, How to Heal Humanity and the Planet by Changing the Way We Sell, and Tweepalicious, 158 Twitter Tips and Strategies for Writers, Social Entrepreneurs, and Changemakers Who Want to Market Their Business Ethically. Her latest book, The Social Entrepreneur's Guide to Successful Blogging, an Effective, Creative, and Ethical Way for Marketing for Visionaries and New Paradigm Business Leaders, is coming soon, and we'll be hearing more about that shortly. She's listed in the top 20 of the top marketing authors on Twitter by Social Media Magazine and was a finalist for the prestigious Brit Writers Award. She also received the ELIT Book Award Silver Medal in Humanitarian and Ecological Social Affairs, as well as the Bronze Medal in Business and Sales. She was awarded the Microsoft Innovative Teacher of the Year Award in 2005, and her coaching practice received the Bedfordshire Businesswomen Award for working within the community in 2009. Lynn's eclectic approach to marketing incorporates her vast professional experience in the music industry and the educational sector, along with more than two decades of study and practice of the spirituality of India. Her innovative marketing campaigns have produced a long list of best-selling nonfiction authors through her company, Spirit Authors. Lynn is also the founder of the Seven Graces Project, created to train, support, mentor, and inspire independent business owners to market their business ethically, serve society and the planet, and restore all that's best about humanity. Lynn is joining us today from Bedford, Bedfordshire, in the UK, and I am delighted to welcome you to the Inner Frontier. I extend a warm, enthusiastic welcome to you, Lynn. Well, thank you for having me, Darlene. My God, I, I can't believe you read that whole bio. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes one makes one ponder. And what do you do in your spare time? <laughs> well, you know, it's what happens when you're over sixty. You end up having looked back and you've done stuff, you know. But uh, you know, I hope your audience wasn't just rolling their eyes saying, "Oh my God, who is this woman?" Uh, but anyway, I'm very pleased to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, I'm just I. I just just love it. And, and I was having a conversation with my producer today, and I was letting him know whom, whom you know, Mr. Randall Libero. Yes. And um, we were here in the studio today, and I was telling him that <clears throat> as I was reading your book, The Seven Graces of Marketing, How to Heal Humanity and the Planet by Changing the Way We Sell, that it rocked my world. Mm. That it really did. That as a... Uh, that as a as an intuitive person, really very sensitive, um, 
you know, it, and I've even had marketing positions, but kind of a standard way of marketing, the way that I have experienced in my life, has never really felt as a fit. And then to hear your uh, your opinion and your discoveries of uh, and your awareness of the marketing um, industry, man, I'll tell you what, that really hit a note. So, well, the book was written for precisely for people like you, Darlene, because. Uh, I mean, and as if you've read, as you've read the book, you'll know that I, I say, um, one of the reasons why I started writing it was because I kept coming across people who hated marketing and they, they felt guilty about it. And they also were floundering in their businesses because they hated marketing. Because if you don't like something, you don't do it. And, um, I, I wanted to understand why they hated marketing, and I also wanted to understand what was it about marketing itself. So it wasn't just about why, what their reasons were. It's what, what was it about marketing itself as an industry that was actually off-putting to very sensitive people, to people who questioned things. Um, and, and that's really what the book is about. It's a, it's a social Commentary. It's a, it's a, I did a lot of historical research. I spent two years researching that book. Um, looking at the history, looking at statistics of parallels in, in, in health and in environment and in the economy. All of these things that have been changed and affected radically and not for the better since mass marketing has come on the scene in the last uh, century. And um, when I started looking at these figures, when I started looking at these statistics, they, they moved me in a very compelling way. And, and I felt that somebody had to put this in a book, uh, but, uh, you know, not just for, not for, not aimed at corporates, because corporates are in their own world, but really aimed at the small business owner, at the micro business owner, at the self-employed person, aimed at that person. Because uh, in the last decade or, or 15 years, there's been a huge, huge increase of people going into self-employment. There's a lot of reasons for that. One of the big reasons is that the economy got shaken up about a decade ago, and, and, and a lot of us had to go into self-employment uh, because uh, people lost their jobs. Now, I walked out on a job. I didn't, I didn't lose my job, but I couldn't stand it anymore. So I, I went, uh, I always was kind of a freelancey person, and so I, I went back to being a freelance person. And, uh, but the world was different. Uh, so the other aspect to, to the world at that point in time when people made that shift was what was different is that we suddenly had technologies that enabled us to promote ourselves online. Social media was just beginning. I'm talking about, you know, 2006, 7, 8, in that period of time. Social media was just waking up. Blogging was just waking up. But people really didn't know how to use them. Now, the problem is that at that point in time, a lot of old school, mar- what I call old school marketers, tried to apply the same aggressive hunter attitude of marketing towards this new technology. And for a while, that became the standard of internet marketing. And we're all familiar with it. The, the big flashy sales pages, the big, you know, the pop-up screens and the but wait, there's more kind of stuff. It was like right out of bad infomercials on television. And actually, as people got wise to it, they realized it didn't work and it was very off-putting. And it, and it was, uh, it felt manipulative and it felt deceptive and a lot of it was. So that's really what was off-putting in that environment and it didn't actually work. It didn't actually work in this new era. And also, um, we were inheriting a heck of a lot of bad habits from very destructive marketing that, frankly, has caused overconsumption in the world, has caused great environmental imbalances in the world, uh, great economic imbalances in the world, and certainly a lot of health issues uh, in the world. So sensitive people like yourself intuitively knew something was wrong, but you couldn't necessarily put your finger on it. So Mm -hmm. what I saw as my job was to identify what it was and put it in a book. And that's what the book is, and that's what I think and I hope 
why it struck a chord and why you say it rocked your world. I hope that's why. That was the intention, anyway. Well, that's exactly what it is that it happened. And the, fi- the thing that I find fascinating is that, you know, my dad has been a very successful in sales, and so I grew up around that. But there was always a sense that there was this... Um, I have to do, the, there's a little bit of a manipulation process that goes on, and that's just what, what sales is. The interesting, exactly. And the interesting thing is that I also followed in his footsteps a little bit in that I was, I was in sales in a, um, in Seattle in a, in the eighties in a large corporation. <clears throat> Believe it, my title was marketing specialist, healthcare cost containment. I don't think that position is, you know, it's long gone. However, I remember, I remember the experience of being the, I, I had my suit and my tie. It was the 80s, remember? And I was looking, oh, yeah. I, was quite, <laughs> I was quite snappy. And so I'm in the boardroom. And I think there was one other woman that was in there too. And so I was in the, in the boardroom of, uh, for this meeting. And we get out of the meeting. And then one of the marketing managers kind of sidles over to me a little bit. And he says, Darlene, you smile too much. <laughs> and you know what I made, what I, what it is in that moment. What I made that mean is that who it is that I am and marketing do never, they, you know, never the twain shall meet. And so, so therefore, you know, moving into, you know, later on into doing, uh, being a massage therapist and doing energetic work, there was this feeling and this relationship around marketing that was, I can't show up authentically to market. You have to separate, you have to separate yourself from your, your prey, so to speak. You have to target them. You right. have to feel afraid. And then at the last minute, you have to make them feel guilty if they don't buy it. That's what deceptive marketing is. And that's why it's so manipulative, manipulative. And that is what makes people feel horrible. It disempowers people. It can, it can result in short-term sales. However, it does nothing to build long-term relationships. And when, it, and when you get into a scenario uh, uh, where you're constantly making people feel on edge that they have to buy something, they need something because they don't have the latest thing or they're missing something or they're lacking something, this is what I call the, um, uh, the deadly sin of scarcity. We'll talk, I know we're going to talk about the, mm-hmm. those later, but mm-hmm. I'll just bring it up. But when you use those kinds of strategies in marketing and, and get people to buy stuff, they may buy it right now, but give them time to think. After they've had time to think, they'll, they'll not only regret having bought it, they'll resent that they were brought into that mindset of buying it. And when you put people in a disempowered situation and then they later come to resent it, it means they're gone. And if they're gone, it means then you have to constantly hunt for new prey to get them to buy your, you know, to, to fall for your tricks. And that's hunter mentality. That's old school marketing. That has been around, you know, for the last century or so, as I say. The new paradigm of marketing is not. It's the opposite. It's what I call the farmer mentality. It's about planting seeds, cultivating it, nurturing it, putting sunshine on it, putting water on it, feeding it, growing it, making sure it's okay. That's what real marketing is today. That's what new paradigm marketing is, is about. When you uh, nurture your vegetable garden, it will continue to produce vegetables for you. When you nurture your, uh, your audience through new paradigm marketing, they will send more customers to you. You don't have to work as hard. In the old days, when you were marketing, you know, the hunter kind of marketing, because you were constantly losing you know, for every customer you got, you would lose half a customer because you are constantly losing customers and constantly needing to get more. Conversion, so-called conversion rates, which is, again, another very manipulative term, but conversion rates were very low. They were expected to, you know, like a sales page would would expect to maybe get, uh, if you got a 1% conversion rate or two, oh, my God, you were doing really, really well. But here's the thing. If you are nurturing your relationships. And and, um, in many ways, uh, the book that I'm writing now that I'm going to release in a couple of months is called The The Social Entrepreneur's Guide to Successful Blogging. That's really my Bible, my last word on how to do that. If you're spending time nurturing these relationships, your, your yield is effortless. 
by the time people actually approach you to become clients or want to buy something from you, they have already decided they're going to get something from you. You don't have to sell a damn thing. And that's really where the new paradigm is. It's you're cultivating that, that vegetable patch. You're making sure your pumpkins are nice and big. And you allow them to grow and flourish and produce babies. You know, that's really what new paradigm marketing is about. And it becomes, um, it, it, there's no guilt attached to it. It's all give, all nurture. And you get, you get so much and you get more. But it's a long-term process. It is a long-term process. You have to be committed, and you have to be sincere, and you have to smile. (laughs) (laughs) I can do that. I can clearly do that. (laughs) So I've heard. <laughs> but you know, in just in thinking about that, I there's a there's this resonance that that occurs with me around I'm really excited about the possibilities of really being able to be in alignment because right now my whole life, my whole being is around aligning who it is that I am with how it is that I walk in the world so that my walk and my talk is completely aligned and so that who it is that I am in the world is an expression of me as authentically, I mean like hot off the press. Yeah, you know, I used to use a lot of those words. You know what? You know what I say now that I'm over hmm. sixty. I just say, you know, I just, I just, I just have to be me and be happy. You know, well, and if I if I can't be me and be happy, then what is the freaking point? You know, there is just no point to doing any of this. You can make all the money in the world, and if you can't be relaxed and comfortable in your own skin, then there is no point to doing any of it. Now, you shouldn't have to wait till you're sixty to get to that point. <laughs> we should all be able to live like that and do our businesses like that and treat our customers like that. We should let our customers be happy in their skin and and we communicate with them on a a level, an eye-to-eye level. That's not old-school marketing. That's that's, that's It's new paradigm, but you know what? It's also just being human. I believe that the new paradigm means coming back to... um, being human, being responsible for our communities, taking care of each other. I, I mean, I know you probably have to take a break in a couple of minutes, but mm-hmm. uh, okay. when, when, I, when we come back, what I'd love to talk about is this idea that, oh, I just want to give you an example of what I learned from, say, uh, studying genealogy and how that can be applied to marketing. I'm going to leave that teaser in your ear. I love it. I can hardly, <laughs> I can hardly wait to come back and do that, but you're okay. right. We do need to take a break. And so you are listening to The Inner Frontier, and I'm your host, Darlene Green. Our guest today is Lynn Serafin, and you may learn more about Lynn's books and programs and working with her through her website at the7gracesofmarketing.com, and the seven is numeric. We'll be right back. Live your soul's vision. You know there's more. Doing the same thing doesn't work anymore. You are ready to be the best version of you. Now it's time to listen to the calling of your soul. Your journey to awakening is taking place whether you're aware of it or not. The difference is the perspective from which you choose to witness the accounts of your life. It may feel at times as though there is something wrong or something missing. The work with Darlene and the Divine Light Council invites you to move beyond the world of known to your unique expression remembered. In all circumstances, whether perceived as good or bad, there is always a new perspective that is available. If you so choose, the new perspective can open up a universe of possibilities not previously seen. In so doing, invite the greatest part of you to be conscious in your life as you choose powerfully from your deepest soulful expression. This is the work, often a perspective shift away. We invite you to gain clarity of the next steps in your beautifully unique journey to remembering your greatness. Live your soul's vision. Visit thedivinerememberingcom You are listening to The Inner Frontier. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Darlene at thedivinerememberingcom Now, we return to The Inner Frontier. This is Darlene Green, your host on The Inner Frontier. Our guest today is Lynn Serafin. 
Lynn asks us the question, how can we heal humanity and the planet by changing the way we sell? And she is masterful in opening a powerful conversation through her work. As much for the conscious consumer as the business owner, Lynn shows us why traditional ways of selling are ultimately doomed to fail and how both business owners and consumers can begin to heal the world by embracing a new paradigm. Lynn calls the seven graces of marketing. Coming up, we will also hear about her soon-to-be-released book, The Social Entrepreneur's Guide to Successful Blogging in Effective, Creative, and Ethical Way for Marketing for Visionaries and New Paradigm Business Leaders. Now there is a new paradigm for marketing your vision. So one of the things we were talking about, Lynn, Mm -hmm. uh, is genealogy just before the break. (laughs) So, yeah, I know. It seems like a stretch, but um, I, it's one of my passions, and it's actually probably something I will, uh, I, I'm grad- gradually phasing into, although I'm spending a lot more money on it now than I, uh, you know, I haven't made any money on it. I haven't actually properly set it up as a business yet, but I'm, I've been doing lots and lots and lots of research, and I uh, just started blogging about it. But the thing, the point I wanted to bring up before the, the break, we were talking about or I was talking about, uh, building a garden, taking responsibility, building relationships. Now, the, the example I want to give is this. Uh, my father's family come from a part of really, really way up northern Italy called Trentino. It's up in the Alps. It's uh, near, near the city of Trento. It's a beautiful, beautiful part of the world. Now, I've been not just doing genealogy, but studying how did these people live? How did these people organize themselves over the centuries? What, what, what were the communities like? What was life like there? Uh, because, uh, you know, the, the communities are really very small. These were not like, uh, like today where they were headed by a, a big government and we lived, they lived by, you know, laws that took care of the big, uh, government, that were taken by the big government and all these things. The communities themselves had to take care of everything. The communities had to think about education, about health. They had to take, uh, think about, well, what if somebody got in trouble? How do we make sure that that person is helped? The communities had responsibility for each other. And what I am really proud of as I'm getting into some of this deep research, and I'm, when I'm saying deep, I'm talking about in the 1500s, in the 1400s, is that I'm actually discovering ancestors, specific ancestors of mine, who were instrumental in forming the local uh, laws that they all agree on. They were always done by committees of people coming together and uh, and talking about how do we take care of our village? What are the things our village needs? What what uh, is, is, How do we take care of it? How do we make sure people are taken care of? The amount of concern and consideration for the community was is palpable. It's really, really um, touching and beautiful to read about and look at. And it's even more moving for me to know and see names on there of people whose DNA I carry in myself. And that, that to me, is very compelling. Now, the reason why I bring this up is in today's world, things have changed so much. Our countries are big. Um, you know, the, the city, the, 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 no longer are we really pockets of communities. I mean, we kind of are, but not so much. Uh, the, our countries are big, our, our, the politics are big, our communications are big. In that big, big world, it is so easy for us to feel extremely insignificant and, ex- and really lost, like, like we don't matter, like we don't make an impact, like there's not much that we contribute. However, I believe that, for, you know, first we start with ourselves and, and with our small circle of our family. And it's about really coming to that space of thinking, well, what can I give? What can I bring to my family? And then it's about what can I actually bring to my community or even just my neighbors, you know, in my area? What can I bring them? What can I bring to just the person I've met at a bus stop today? Um, as you gradually expand that sense of what is my what's my role here how can i help how can i serve how can i give how can i nurture the world you start to open up and when you realize that in this world today especially with social media blogging all of these kinds of ways of communicating with potentially millions of people 
there is a huge sense of possibility here. And the more possibility you have of communicating with these people, the more responsibility you actually have. You have a responsibility of care to every single person who comes into your social network, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, blogging, anywhere. You have a responsibility of care, meaning what are you going to give them that's going to improve their life in some way? It could just mean make them laugh. It doesn't have to be some big profound thing. You don't have to be some big philosopher going up there talking about wonderful deep things all the time. Sometimes just connecting, saying hi, saying happy birthday, saying congratulations. Wow, you you got a book deal or something like that. Just being nice can change the world. It honestly can. And we as human beings have a responsibility of care to each other, to the planet, to all living entities on the planet. And the greater our world is, the greater our responsibility is. And here's the thing. The greater we have the potential to make a difference. Even though right now we feel like we're very small, that the world is very, very big, we actually have more of an opportunity to make a global difference, even in some small way, but but ultimately making ripples of change by utilizing the communications that are at our fingertips today. Technology, people sometimes say, oh, it's, it's separated us, it's made our, we don't see each other anymore. However, if you use it right, Technology can be tremendously connecting. Look at us right now. We're talking here. I have no idea. I mean, do you know how? I don't even know how Randall met me. Randall, <laughs> you know, of, of, of here of Voice America. Mm-hmm. He approached me a few years ago. I actually did a few episodes. I, I had a show here of Voice America for a while, but I had another show on, a, on another network I won't mention uh, for a few years as well, and I've done all kinds of uh, broadcasts. But Randall, from meeting him here, he flew all the way to the U.K., Do you know why? Hmm. To participate in a conference, a face-to-face conference that was organizing in the Seven Graces. Who was at the conference? People like you who want to make a difference through their businesses. People who feel a sense of responsibility but don't know how to express it. Now, the best way to do it is to start talking, start communicating communicating, connecting, forming alliances, forming collaborations, making friends. That's really what it's about. It's about being human again. Now, the reason why I brought in genealogy is that I look back in those societies and I realize that they are in my cells. My ancestry goes back in that region at least 600 years, and I suspect thousands, because the the farm communities there can be traced back to at least 4,000 years ago. My cells are in the water, in the blood, in 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 the earth there. All of us have a connection to those kinds of communities of the past. Every single one of us on the planet comes from an ancestry of people where communities were really, really important, and they had a strong sense of taking care of each other. We haven't lost it. We may feel like we have. We may feel like we've become insignificant in this huge world of of, of media and television and hype and bull, but we haven't. We have not lost our ability to change and influence each other and help each other, And, and that's really what I have to say on that matter. I want people to realize that it's in them already. It's in their DNA. They don't They don't have to do anything except come back to who they are and just say, yeah, I really can. I really am important. I really have something to give, and I'm ready to give it. And so I think that that's the message that really restores hope. It's the feeling of having everything, having our society be so large that we end up getting isolated and then realizing now that if we just alter our perspective, we can reconnect now with the new technology that's available. Mm-hmm. And use it. And, and use it. it. Well, I got to say, I was one of the last holdouts to uh, to Facebook, and my feeling was <laughs> because what it is that I saw on Facebook was, you know, like you know, I really like you, but do I do I really need to know what it is you had for breakfast? Um, yeah, and, and and you need another uh, cute kitty uh, video. But I mean, you know, sometimes I even share those. I have to confess. No, it, it, you're absolutely right. However, 
um, the thing the thing that we have to remember is the more genuine you are and the less high on your horse you are, mm-hmm. um, when it does come down to letting people know what you're doing, they get behind you because they know you're a real person. That's the truth. I don't go on Facebook and, and blur, 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 you know, I'm all this, I'm all that. I never use jargony language. Um, like today I went on there and I just said, oh my God, what a chore. I'm talking about <laughs> editing, editing my book. I said, I said, I've been working on this buddy book for two years. I said, and now I go back to the first chapters I wrote and they were so meandering. They were rubbish. I had to rewrite them all. It's taken me three days to, two days, no, three days to write three, rewrite three chapters. But people are aware that I'm, they know this book is coming out. They're, I'm, they're holding the space for me. Yeah. I know that it's going to sell when it comes out because they're just they're part of my process with it. I'm not trying to sell them the book. And as we change, and as we get get involved, it's like what I'm doing here, like in the space of our conversation, is that my whole paradigm around connecting is um, is is altered. So what I'm seeing then is like I was viewing, um, you know, a lot of the technology also as as something that was distant, that it wasn't authentic. But really, what it is that I'm seeing is that that there are ways now for me to be able to utilize this extraordinary technology that we. have have available to us where I now have a way to be able to reach, to have a, have a global reach. I was telling my husband this morning before I, I left the house, it's like I'm really aware now that like through this, through the radio program and that I have the opportunity to be able to speak with you and you are in, you're in the UK. Exactly. How extraordinary exactly. is that? That I yeah, have, exactly. I have the possibility now to be able to be global. What is it that that means? There's responsibility in that. I get to be able to bring my authentic authenticity to that, and I get to be able to uh, experience uh, technology in a whole new way, which brings us to our next, uh, to our next topic. Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, actually, I'm thinking we're going to be taking a break right now. Yeah, and and maybe after the break we will we can look at some of the practical ways to yes. apply these technologies. Uh, I think that would be something I'd love to talk about. Absolutely, time is just flying. Absolutely, and so this is Darlene Green, your host on the Inner Frontier. Our guest today is Lynn Serafin, and you may learn more about Lynn's books and working with her at her website, the Seven Graces of Marketing dot com. And the seven, I will remind you, is numeric. When we return, we're going to be talking about where do we go from here and what role does social media play in marketing. So there's so much more ahead. Live your soul's vision. You know there's more. Doing the same thing doesn't work anymore. You are ready to be the best version of you. Now, it's time to listen to the calling of your soul. Your journey to awakening is taking place whether you're aware of it or not. The difference is the perspective from which you choose to witness the accounts of your life. It may feel at times as though there is something wrong or something missing. The work with Darlene and the Divine Light Council invites you to move beyond the world of known to your unique expression remembered. In all circumstances, whether perceived as good or bad, there is always a new perspective that is available. If you so choose, the new perspective can open up a universe of possibilities not previously seen. In so doing, invite the greatest part of you to be conscious in your life as you choose powerfully from your deepest soulful expression. This is the work, often a perspective shift away. We invite you to gain clarity of the next steps in your beautifully unique journey to remembering your greatness. Live your soul's vision. Visit thedivinerememberingcom You are listening to The Inner Frontier. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Darlene at the divinerememberingcom Now, we return to The Inner Frontier. This is Darlene Green, your host on The Inner Frontier. 
It's my commitment to make a a specific offer with each program that I broadcast. With almost 25 years of experience in energetic healing work, I, along with the Divine Light Council that I work in collaboration with, will hold a high-frequency envelope for you if you choose. The high-frequency envelope may be likened to a rich energetic environment that you can call upon to support your unique awakening process. Like rich soil around a seed, the environment doesn't alter the seed, but supports the expression of the highest design of the seed. So wherever you are in your process, whether it's clarity and connection, empowered, confused, ready for an up-leveling, not aligned with your highest self, or perfectly aligned with your highest self, the energetic envelope will meet you where you are at and support your next step. If you choose to receive the high-frequency envelope, then all you need to do is to declare it. I choose to receive the high-frequency envelope. If you choose to cancel the envelope at any time, then you may do that too. Otherwise, the high-frequency envelope will be held for you for one week. The high-frequency envelope this week, though, interestingly enough, as I was putting this, preparing and meditating and putting this together, is tied in with abundance. It's a revealing of the abundance that is ever-present. So as we drop our limiting beliefs, we begin to see the truth of the eternal nature of abundance that is our divine birthright. Joy, freedom, love, peace, beauty, abundance and prosperity in all areas of life. So the, so the energetic envelope this week is, holds the sense of a chalice that is overflowing. So again, all you need to do is to consciously choose that and that is available for you for one week. So let's return. My guest today is Lynn Serafin, and Lynn is a visionary in the marketing field, identifying how the old paradigm of marketing no longer serves us in the world where we are in, and not only does it not serve us, it's not, nor really ever has been, a healthy system. It's a system that's broken. Lynn presents a holistic approach to marketing, and one that serves and empowers rather than alienates, and it's a system that's conscious. So before we went to break, Lynn, we, we started talking a little bit about social media and, mm-hmm. and, and where, where are we going now? The well, opportunities. The, what's interesting, I was listening to your, your envelope setting up and about the concept of abundance, and it made me think about um, something I was writing today. And I, I, what I'm, uh, just to Put some context around it. The I'm in the edit stages now. Can you still hear me? I can, yes. Okay, sorry. I leaned on a button and I thought I may have muted myself. <laughs> um, it, it, I'm in the editing stages of uh, the, the book that's going to come out in a couple of months called The Social, Media, Social Entrepreneur's Guide to Successful Blogging. Um, the reason why I'm bringing it up is that what I was writing today when I say writing, I've written the book already. I'm rewriting certain parts and editing it and getting it ready to send to my editor, which is a laborious process. <laughs> you. Um, anyway, uh, but it's a joyful process because by the end, I, by the end of what I'm doing, it, I I like it a lot better than I did before I did it. <laughs> so, um, but the the thing that that I was writing today is that that we have to understand uh, social media isn't. It's one part of a larger machine, uh, when, it, or a larger system. Uh, and the way I see the anatomy of online marketing is basically this. You have, um, you have social media, and you have your blog, and possibly also you have a mailing list. Some people do, some people don't, but usually you would as well. However, mailing lists, the way we use them, uh, it's changing. And I, I'm not going to go into that tonight. There's a whole other thing. Uh, and I'm not in that energy. It's not what I want to talk about, actually. Mm-hmm. But, but, the, but I'd like you to think of this um, analogy, because I just it came up to me today, and it answers your question about social media, and maybe it'll give you an idea of how I see it. Imagine that... Um, well... I'll, uh, before I say imagine, I'll, I'll describe a place here in England. Uh, as you know, and for, for your listeners who are probably wondering where the heck is she from, I'm originally from the U.S., but I've lived in England going on 20 years now, so my accent's a bit trans, uh, mid-Atlantic is what they call it, you know, so <laughs> it kind of fluctuates. Um, but anyway, 
Here, um, uh, I'm in Bedford, which, as you said, I'm about an hour north of London. In London, there's a huge train station called um, St. Pancras International. It's where the Eurostar train comes in and out, okay? Mm-hmm. That's the one that goes under the channel and goes to Paris. Mm-hmm. And um, there's lots and lots and lots and lots of other trains that come in there. There's also lots and lots and lots and lots of tube, station, tube stations uh, underground subway, I guess in the States you call it, that would go to different parts of London. So it's a hub. It's a hub for all kinds of things coming in and going out. However, the station itself, it, it isn't just a place where you get off the train and hop on another train. Uh, it's not what it is at all. It's like a little environment unto itself. It's got loads of wonderful restaurants and loads and loads and loads of shops, um, places to sit, places to socialize, to have a drink, have dinner, have lunch, pick up things to read, um, just sitting with your laptop. It's an environment. It's a place to meet and exchange and get, and actually I set up sometimes business appointments with people. I, I go in to London sometimes and meet people who are in transit from one place to another and meet them there because it's easy. They can go off on their train and I can get on my train and go back home. Um, now, Try to imagine that picture, all right? Mm-hmm. Now try to see this as a as a, a metaphor or an analogy, really, for the way social media works with blogging. Your social networks are all these different train lines, and I dare say there are far more train lines and tube stations than there are social networks actually out there, but there still are quite a few social networks, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Google+, uh, some, some niche social network that, that, that you're in, and there's always some new social network popping up. They are all like the, the underground tube stations or the train lines coming into the station. Where are they going? They're coming into the station, right? Well, mm-hmm. what is that station? The station is your blog. Hmm. The way social media works, people think that social media is a be-all and end-all to itself. It's a place to meet with people. Well, yes, but how does it work for your business? As a business tool, as a marketing tool, the primary aim of your social media connections or your social media posts uh, and it should be to get people to be inspired to go visit your blog. And by that, I don't mean that, oh, they check out your profile and they click a link that's on your profile. I mean to give them really interesting content, not sales content, really interesting content on your Twitter stream or your Facebook post that gets them curious about whatever it is you just happen to write about on your blog. When they go to visit your blog, it brings them closer to you. It gets them to know more about you. It gets them to know more about your values. It gets them to know more about your intelligence, your expertise, your everything, your personality. It gets them to know not just about the content. They're not just learning about what you wrote about. They're learning about you. You're not writing about you, but they're still learning about you. They're learning about who you are and how you express yourself. If they like it, they come and meet you again. It's like meeting you at the train station. Oh, you're going to be in London? Oh, yeah. Well, let's meet for coffee. Okay. Well, that's like people coming from Twitter. They see a, a tweet that looks really interesting. Wow, what's that about? And they come and they go meet you for coffee at your blog to see what the tweet's about. That's the analogy. If you can remember that that's how it works. That's actually how it works. That's the system. That's the mechanism. That's the relationship between social media and blogging. Then you'll finally get how they work together. Now, the book that I'm writing is it's like 500 pages long of how to do that. And obviously, we can't do that in, in another how many, what, what do you have, about eight minutes left to this show? Yeah. Obviously, I can't, I can't compress 500 pages into eight minutes. But if you can get that picture in your mind, you can start to see the power of it, that the whole purpose of social media, yes, is to make relationships, build, build connections with people, um, connect with your niche audience, with your actual niche audience, really get in touch with them. But ultimately, from a business perspective, the object is to get them to feel curious enough to check out that latest tweet to see what you wrote about on your blog. And the more blog articles they read, the more likely they are to either buy a book, buy a product, 
contact you for a consultation, get in touch with you in some way, or contact you to see if you want to be on their radio show. <laughs> hmm. Well, you know what I see. It's like I'm to extend your analogy, and I am. This is definitely. <laughs> well, okay. So this this is very telling about about me. So in in using the analogy of being in the station, I realize that what it is that I have been doing is instead of being at the station, I have been taking a taxi around the city. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> and and a lot of that has been walking. So what I have what I what have What is that wait 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 I've lost the analogy. What does that mean, Darlene? What are you doing? <laughs> okay, I okay, I think in pictures. So I was so engrossed in your picture. I'm realizing yeah. that I have not been utilizing social media. Now do I I have it's like I'm there you go. There you go. So I do have, I have somebody that's been helping me with my website and I am totally willing to go there. But what that you you are in, in, in this conversation, you are opening up this whole world for me in that I am seeing here that, that this is a beautiful way to be able to express my message. And I'm seeing this in a way that I have never seen before. That once I accept that who it is that I am is that I'm reaching a global audience, Mm -hmm. that who it is that I am is global, which is a step, by the way. That that takes something because who it is that I am being in this process is, and this is something you mentioned in in, in your book, The Seven Graces of Marketing, is transparent. Mm-hmm. I'm, right. I'm, I'm aligned. So now my next step, and I can hardly wait for the, for your, for your next book to be coming out. I can't, I can't wait for it to come out too. It's been in my face <laughs> for two and a half years. I need it to be this. And I'm starting to feel like an overly pregnant elephant. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been in your space, and I would love to have it be in my space too, (laughs) because clearly I have a lot. I have a lot to learn, and so now what's happening is that I'm being inspired, and I'm looking forward to new ways that I can be um, connecting with with my audience. And, oh, and, and they do, and they do. I'm going to give you one example. Mm-hmm. I, I thought, I, took, I mentioned I'm into genealogy. I, I came back from a research trip in uh, the beginning of February. I was in Italy for um, three weeks doing research. And when I came back, I said, I think I need to bite the bullet and uh, create a, a, a genealogy blog. Uh, well, I did. And I said, well, maybe I need to take my own advice and see if I can apply some of the principles that I've written about in the book and see what I can do from nothing. What can I create from, although I'm not really creating entirely from nothing, because, you know, I have like 150,000 Twitter followers across three accounts. I'm not creating creating entirely nothing. Um, So, uh, but but in terms of blog, it was from nothing. Now, I applied the uh, the SEO principles, the search engine optimization principles, a technical thing which I talk a lot about in the book, and I started writing a few articles. After I posted just the second article, it's only been up a month, this blog, okay, so it's very new, very, very new. After I posted just the second article, a woman who I did not know, but we kind of discovered that we have common relatives, found me and started sharing my stuff with everybody she knew. And I started to see suddenly all these subscribers coming into my mailing list. I'm like, wow, how did she find me? Now, this is what was so impre- I was so impressed by. It actually wasn't through social media. It was through SEO. She found me through a Google search, which... After two weeks of being online, two, three weeks at most, is almost unheard of. I realized that I am doing it right. I'm mm. doing something right. And the fact is, is when you become adept at blogging, if you, and if you read this book, you will. <laughs> I will. And it will take you a year or even two to apply all the principles. Honestly, you can't rush through them because there'll be a learning curve, and it just takes time to build. It's a farm, remember, not a hunt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, once you've done it, you can duplicate it. You can do it again and again. You can shift gears. You can create another 
business for a different audience, a completely different audience, applying exactly the same principles, and they will work more quickly because you already know how to do it. That's what I'm already discovering. And uh, I, I think that's exciting. To me, it means that, I'm, that it works. I mean, I know it works because I've done it with clients again and again and again and again. Um, first, social media is the way we've come to the station, but SEO is also another path into the station. But it's not the fastest route. It is not the express train. It's the slow milk train that makes every single stop along the way. But, but, but if you can get a link to that train, if you can get that train connecting to the station, that's when your traffic starts to blossom. So you've got all these lines coming into your blog. And that's really what the book tells people about. I just want to tell people how to find, uh, uh, get a reminder for the book, if, if that's possible, Darlene. Absolutely. Please do, because I am top on the list, let me tell you. Great, great. <laughs> well, people go to the website, the7gracesofmarketing.com. So I know that's a long name, but it's the7gracesofmarketing.com. They, uh, if you look around, uh, you'll see a picture of the book. It says, Social Entrepreneur's Guide to Successful Blogging. There, I think there's also a tab at the top that says Free Blogging Template. Um, it'll be quite obvious that it's about this book. Uh, and if you click either on the picture of the book on the right side or the link that says Free Blogging Template, that will take you, you to a page where you can sign up for a reminder and I will let you know when it's out. And I'm aiming, I'm hoping it'll be out Towards the, I think at the rate I'm doing the edits, probably the end of the summer of 2016, somewhere in there. Um, I, I'm not sure it'll be much earlier because I want to put a lot of attention into formatting it and make it like a, a really useful workbook, a really nice workbook. So I say end of summer, thereabouts, so June, July, August, September, maybe even uh, of 2006, but definitely, definitely no later than than early early autumn of 2006. When you sign up, you'll also get a PDF that you can download that tells you how to how to structure a blog post so that it can become an effective marketing tool for you without selling anything. So um, that's kind of a gift for you, and you can read that and get a lot of good ideas, and you can apply those ideas right away. And in the meantime, you can wait for the book, and you can get it when it comes out. Well, I'm excited, and I am like, you know, the I, I'm the first in the line. As a matter of fact, you see me at your front doorstep right now. <laughs> I'm I, waiting. I, 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 it, well, I, I'm sorry. I have headphones on. you got to wait down there a couple of minutes. <laughs> well, we are getting near the end of our program today, and I want to thank you so much, Lynn, for being my guest. I This has been so illuminating. I am excited, and I am inspired. Oh, well, I'm, I'm very happy you're, you're excited and inspired and that you're going to buy my book. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm in. Okay. And, of course, if any of your listeners want to um, uh, talk about becoming a client, you know, help to build their platform. All that information is on the website, too. Just have a browser, and I'll be happy to hear from them. Okay? I think that sounds fabulous. Thank you for shedding light so that we can see a new vision for prosperity and abundance in our lives. So as Lynn states in her book, The Seven Graces of Marketing, everything in this universe is lovingly designed to return to a state of balance when we live in collaboration with the whole. Allow it to happen. Work together. Make it so. Thank you for listening. This is Darlene Green, your host. We will return next week with more on The Inner Frontier. Thank you for tuning in to The Inner Frontier. Please join Darlene Green again next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We look forward to talking again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.